Spring, 1940. Buckinghamshire, England. Few in the Abwehr's military intelligence knew his true name or even his intent here on British soil. The spy went by the codename Geist, the German word for ghost, and for him, failure was not an option. He lay on his stomach in a muddy ditch with ice-encrusted cattails stabbing at his face. He ignored the midnight cold, the frigid gusts of breezes, the ache of his frozen joints. Instead, he concentrated on the view through the binoculars fixed to his face. He and his assigned team lay alongside the banks of a small lake. A hundred yards off on the opposite shore, a row of stately rural mansions sat dark, brightened here and there by the rare sliver of yellow light peeking through blackout curtains. Still, he spotted rolls of barbed wire mounted atop the garden walls of one particular estate, Bletchley Park. The place also went by a code name, Station X. The seemingly nondescript country house masked an operation run by British intelligence, a joint effort by MI6 and the government code and cipher school. In a series of wooden huts set up on those idyllic acres, the Allied forces had gathered the greatest mathematicians and cryptographers from around the globe, including one man, Alan Turing, who was decades ahead of his peers. Station X's goal was to break the German military's Enigma code, using tools built by the geniuses here. The group had already succeeded in building an electromechanical decrypting device called the Bomba, and rumors abounded about a new project already underway, to build Colossus, the world's first programmable electric computer. But destroying such devices was not his goal this night. Hidden upon those grounds was a prize beyond anything his superiors could imagine, a breakthrough that held the potential to change the very fate of the world. And I will possess it or die trying. Geist felt his heart quicken. To his left, his second-in-command, Lieutenant Hoffman, pulled the collar of his jacket tighter around his neck as an icy rain began to fall. He shifted, cursing his complaint, Gott verlassen in Land. Geist kept his binoculars in place as he scolded the head of the commandos. Silence. If anyone hears you speaking German, we'll be stuck here for the rest of the war. Geist knew a firm hand was needed with the eight-man team under his charge. The members had been handpicked by the Abwehr not only for their superb martial skills, but for their grasp of English. Whatever the British might lack in military presence out here in the rural regions they made up for by a vigilant citizenry. Truck, Hoffman rasped. Geist glanced over his shoulder to the road passing through the woods behind him. A lorry trundled along, its headlights muted by blackout slits. Hold your breath, Geist hissed. He wasn't about to let their presence catch the attention of the passing driver. He and the others kept their faces pressed low until the sound of the truck's puttering engine faded away. Clear, Hoffman said. Geist checked his watch and searched again with his binoculars. What is taking them so long? Everything depended on clockwork timing. He and his team had offloaded from a U-boat five days ago onto a lonely beach. Afterward, the group had split into teams of two or three and worked their way across the countryside ready with papers identifying them as day laborers and farmhands. 
Once they reached the target area, they had regrouped at a nearby hunting shack, where a cache of weapons awaited them, left by sleeper agents who had prepped the way in advance for Geist's team. Only one last detail remained. A wink of light caught his attention from the grounds neighboring the Bletchley Park estate. It shuttered off once, then back on again. Then, finally, darkness returned. It was the signal he had been waiting for. Geist rolled up to an elbow. Time to move out. Hoffman's team gathered their weapons, assault rifles and noise-suppressed pistols. The largest commando, a true bull of a man named Kraus, hauled up an MG-42 heavy machine gun, capable of firing 1,200 rounds per minute. Geist studied the black-streaked faces around him. They had trained for three months within a life-sized mock-up of Bletchley Park. By now, they could all walk those grounds blindfolded. The only unknown variable was the level of on-site defense. The research campus was secured by both soldiers and guards in civilian clothes.